Hi and welcome everyone to the 72nd episode of CM Rocks. This is Marcus Erlansson and today's podcast will be about universal resource scheduling. And with me today I have Sara Lagerqvist from InnoFactor. Sara Lagerqvist is a Dynamics 365 customer engagement business consultant and a no-code queen whose passion is solving customer requirements using just configuration and therefore finding the best maintainable solution for each customer. Welcome Sara Lagerqvist. Well, thank you. I'm real excited to have the no-code queen on the podcast, <laughs> so a warm welcome to you. Thank you. So excited to be here. So much fun. Looking forward. Yeah. So is this a nickname that someone gave to you or this is sort of your own nickname? It's self-proclaimed, uh, definitely. Me and a couple of my colleagues actually call us ourselves the no-code queen because uh, we are awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. So what's a good customer relationship to you? Uh, well, that's a really interesting question. Uh, a good customer relationship to me is a partnership where you as a partner can act more as an advisor, like present several of all possible solutions to a customer and help them making the right decision that is best suited for them. And, and this also generates trust and there is nothing more valuable than trust in a customer. And I think that's kind of the whole point of CRM from the beginning, creating a trusting and personal relationship with your customers uh, where you get to know them and actually get to know what they want and need, not just trying to sell them a product or a service, uh, get no advantage. Who's your customer? Well, I work with a lot of different customers, uh, both big and small. My focus nowadays is uh, uh, about more standard customer engagement limitations. But earlier, I've been more involved with really large implementations where um, I implement InnoFactor's own products that are built on the CRM platform. Uh, they have a course and event module and another for membership management. So that's what I... So what is it that you do? <laughs> what is it that I do? So I have so many different roles. Uh, I'm called a business consultant, business lead, um, even called business architect or trainer. Uh, but what I do is I mostly work with uh, customer engagement implementation. Uh, I do a lot of pre-sales too and participate in architect review boards, other kind of advising activities. And also a bit of training, like mostly internal, but also been doing some external training and, of course, training our customers. And quite recently, I also started to at community events like UG meetings, 365 Saturdays um, in Stockholm was the latest one. And uh, last week I was at X5 in Austin, Texas. Great. Uh, we're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? Well, since this is CRM podcast, it's hard for me not to relate to the time a few years back when I was actually the customer in a CRM implementation project. Um, so this was such an inspiring experience. Um, before that, I had no idea what CRM was. And when I started to understand what an amazing platform it was, I just got hooked. So 
uh, one of the consultants that helped me implement uh, CRM 2011 was actually Jonas Rapp. I think he has participated in your podcast a few times. Um, yeah, yeah he, he has. He was also like a great mentor back then, even when I was a customer. Um, he not only like helped fulfill the requirements, he also taught me a lot about how to do things, actually showed me and taught me um, maybe even a bit too much since I ended up being a cit- kind of a citizen developer, uh, customizing myself. Um, and yeah, after that implementation, I realized that I finally found what I was supposed to do when I grew up. And that was being a CRM consultant. So if we go to universal resource scheduling, what is it? Universal resource scheduling is the schedule engine that uh, comes with field service, project service. And since the October release, it also comes with customer service. Uh, Besides that, you can enable any entity, even custom entities, Uh, for scheduling, which is actually what caught my interest the most, like the flexibility, configurability within universe scheduling. Mainly, it's about finding the right resource based on a different set of parameters like availability, skills, location, and such. And resource is not always a person. A resource could be a car or anything else that you want to be able to. Uh, to allocate at a certain time. Okay, so do people call it universal resource scheduling or when they've said that more than once they go with URS? Is that okay? Well, I certainly do not say universal resource scheduling all the time because that's a real tongue twister for someone who has who doesn't have english as their main language so i call it urs and i've also seen like a lot of tags different articles and hashtags on calling it urs so i'm just being careful not calling it yours because that would be so urs is that that's fine (laughs) all right so if we go with the first party of like psa and fs then that's um, that's project service automation and field service. So there it's used for scheduling resources like, yeah, what's it used for there then? So um, in field service, where it was actually created from the beginning, it's used for scheduling work. Um, and the point of scheduling work orders is like the schedule with the duration that is less than eight hours when you use field service. So you can optimize like someone, some um, a resource that is on the field, like the time for travel and those kind of uh, parameters. And for project service, it's more about longer commitments where you schedule team members and, and you mainly look at like the role that you want out of that team member and scheduled for a certain amount of time and certain date so that's more that's a big difference you mentioned other scenarios what are so this is actually what my session at 365 saturday stockholm and my session extreme 365 in texas last week was about um this was how how you can enable this for custom entities or other entities. Like, for example, Microsoft's own example, when you read about URS, is that you might want to enable the opportunity entity for scheduling. So you make sure that you have a sales team with a proper skill set that 
that all opportunities are worked on or you might want to schedule like a meeting on all opportunities so you actually go out and see the customer that could be one part um also like the appointment entity is actually enabled nowadays when you download a trial it's already enabled for us but it's not really configured properly so i always end up disabling it because if not you get just a lot of error messages <laughs> Uh, but that would be certainly one thing that I would look into if you might want to schedule your appointments. Maybe you want to schedule venues on your appointments or some kind of equipment like projectors or or something like that on the appointment. Okay, so that's a lot of scenarios here. But just take one example for this appointment entity that you mentioned last. So it comes activated but not configured okay what does that mean for me if i want to configure something to be enabled urs then what does that comprise so i i have a personal opinion of course uh, about the minimum configuration that is needed for you to get started with an, uh, an entity that you want to schedule and i would prefer that uh, you would configure a, a workflow or a flow that creates the resource requirement for you. That is the basic entity in the whole URS, like the main entity that you actually uh, base your your scheduling on. That's where you add all the filtering, all the requirements that you you want to fulfill when you try to find the the perfect resource. I would create uh, the resource requirement and add the filtering with the workflow because if you uh, just enable the entity for scheduling and the, the, there's a ribbon button that turns up on that entity which you can click and then the schedule assistant opens up and you can just go ahead and schedule it. Uh, but then you have no filters. You, um, you can add filters but then you have to do it manually every time. But if you do it with a workflow, you can actually on your custom entity or on the appointment entity, say, say you have offices in 10 different places. Of course, you only want venues on the appointment entity uh, that are located at your office, not other offices in other locations. That would be completely useless. So maybe you want some type of category or some other filtering um, that allows you to only uh, have the resources, uh, the resource venues that are, are available at your office. If you do it without any configuration, without my workflow or flow, you will have to always add like, okay, I only want to see rooms in Stockholm. I only want to see rooms in Malmo or something. But if you do it with a workflow, you can add that by just making the user add, um, the category on the appointment. Could you use that to filter, like, okay, the rooms have certain sizes and depending on whose many have been invited to the appointment that can filter and stuff like that as well? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked into that that much, but yeah, you got uh, filtering options where you can use categories or different skills. So maybe that would be like a characteristic on that venue 
uh, or like a, another characteristic would be like, okay, this room has a TV where you can uh, present your uh, presentation. Uh, another venue might not have that. So that could be a characteristic uh, related to that venue. So what's the other scenario that you talked about that? Was that scheduling the opportunity in yeah. sales then? So yeah. talk a little bit about that, please. That's Microsoft's uh, suggestion. I think a more suitable um, example of using URS would be maybe to schedule events and courses where you maybe both want to schedule a venue and a teacher with a certain skill set. I think that's a much more interesting solution where where I would want to implement URS. Say I want to do this then, uh, is that where I go then this workflow or, or flow then to, to solve that? Or do you have a more recommended rather than the minimum for that then? Yeah, that, that depends on the requirements, of course. Uh, I, I think minimum is still the workflow. And then based on the requirements, you have to decide on, on the triggers and when to update the resource requirement and when it's fulfilled. And uh, should you add like uh, a duration or should you add a from and to date or, or how do you want to search for best resources? Um, Talk me through how the recommended scenarios to enable universal resource scheduling is then from you. The first thing I want to point out is that many of the configurations regarding enabling an entity uh, and the schedule board are not solution aware. It's data records that you need to transfer between your instances when you deploy them. Um, so, so that's a very good thing to know uh, when, when customizing and designing a solution with URS. So the first thing, when you enable the entity, uh, you get a lot of options on what uh, booking status is. Do you want to use, do you want a default duration? Do you want blah, blah, blah. A lot of configuration that I very rarely use when I do the custom entity enabling. I would just go with the workflow straight ahead because it's more customizable and will actually filter on exactly what you need to see uh, based on your custom entity. All right, so is this like a personal workflow that everyone creates or is this an organization-owned workflow? How does that work then? I would say it's an organizational uh, workflow. So for my sessions, um, I do this super silly scenario where I schedule boat trip requests um, for an island in, in Indonesia called Lombok. <laughs> nice. That's a good scenario. Yes. So what I do is I I pretend that I get information from a customer if they want a diving trip, a snorkeling trip, or they want to rent a boat. Um, and if you want a diving trip or a snor snorkeling trip, I want them to also choose like a preferred language that their instructor are going to speak. So what I do is on my custom entity, my boat trip request, I add a lookup towards the 
skill or characteristic entity uh, where I add these different languages and then they are added as characteristics on a couple of resources. Then I go and create my workflow and in my workflow, I first create the resource requirement and then I add a resource, let me see what it's called, a res resource requirement characteristic on that resource requirement um, that are related. And therefore I'm actually filtering when I'm trying to use the schedule assistant to find the proper resource. Okay, so how many types of entities are there in this universal resource scheduling? You mentioned a couple of them here, but perhaps the listeners have a hard time telling them apart. So can you go through that before we continue then? So what's the types of entities and, and configurations that you have there? So the entities that are enabled as default, if, if you have all modules of customer engagement, is work orders, team members or projects, and appointments. Everything else is just me talking about possibilities. Um, good entities to know about uh, that I've mentioned is bookable resource booking i know these names are super stupid uh, they should have made it a lot simpler and and the other entity that is like the main entity too is uh resource requirement this is where you add all the filtering so this bookable say that again yes. bookable resource booking i actually for my session also did a, a simpler information model just to edit all the complicated entity names because they are so confusing and, and yeah but these are the entities that you sort of get with the universal resource scheduling so you that that's the data that you talked about earlier so these are the the things that make your solutions your so this is the, where you add those requirements for your book where sorry your boat event booking and and all of that so you have these sort of okay you have to have this skill if you want to go diving the other skill if you had some other type of event so that's where you sort of add all of this together yeah the, the those are the main entities uh also three super important entities um to take note of is uh the one called booking setup metadata which is not like proper entity metadata. It's the one I refer to as um, not solution where these are data records. Uh, so this is where you actually put the relationship uh, between your scheduled entity and the bookable resource booking and all other booking setups that, um, that you are configuring. Uh, the second entity that you have to transfer as data is schedule board settings. This is also a data record uh, that needs to be transferred. The third one that is super important is the scheduling parameter. This one comes as a default with every instance you install. So when transferring data, because you might want to change parameters in this data record, um, 
If you do, you want to make sure you don't create a duplicate when you are transferring this record. Uh, and my suggested suggested tool to to do that would be um, an XRM toolbox tool called Shuffle Runner and Shuffle Builder. Yeah, from Inner Factor as well, then. <laughs> yes, but that is not why I like it. Or maybe it is. Maybe because I, I've used it a lot, so I really know it well. But that they have that tool has so many advantages. Like you can choose what attributes, only the attributes you might have done changes to, that you want to transfer them. You can match. Uh, when importing, you can say if there's already a record with the same name, do not imp- do, do not create a new one, only update the one that exists or match on ID or match on anything else. So it's super flexible. Yeah, that's always good when you have those kind of fussy lookups where the ID, sort of the CRM ID is not the most user-friendly in the world because it's usually a a global unified identifiers that's like yeah no one's ever looked at that at those yeah and that's also a nice part about this tool that you don't have to care about um lookups in that way if you like it remembers remembers maybe it's the wrong word but it knows the relationship between entities too so you don't have to define uh, lookups that way it's more about defining um like and ent- one entity in in your development solu- um development instance and the same entity in your test solution or test um, instance uh that how how should i transfer data between those entities that are the same but have different amounts of data in them already what what should i match not to get duplicate Okay, so going back to you, Oresta, yes. <laughs> we're talking about like five or six entities with data and some were solution aware. Was that true? So the bookable resource booking and the resource requirement are uh, just standard entities. Uh, you do have to create re- relationship to the entity that you want to enable. I would just put that in a normal solution uh, and deploy it as you always do when when you have customizations. Um, the three entities that you have to transfer data is booking setup metadata, schedule board settings, and scheduling parameter. That's the three entities you have to shuffle or something. All right. So the schedule board. Um, yeah. Do you work with that a lot and how do you use that one? Yes, so the schedule board has a ton of settings and I don't even know them all yet, but I'm trying to figure them all out because there's so many of them. What what you can do is just super cool that you can actually you can actually configure it just to suit your special entity the best way you want. Like all entities that you have enabled can have different configurations. You can have personal schedule boards. You can have team schedule boards. You can have all kinds of schedule boards just configured just the way you want it. You can have them with travel time, without travel time, 
uh, with several entities in the same schedule board, with just one entity in a schedule board. It's just super flexible what you can do with the schedule board. So how would you use it for your boat trips then? For my boat trip request, since I only had a 75-minute session, um, I did a few configurations. So I created a new schedule board just for a boat trip request because I do not want to see the work orders or the projects. And after that, I created a view of all the resource requirements that are related to a boat trip request that is not fulfilled. And then you get like a list view of all resource requirements that you have to schedule at the bottom of the schedule board. And this is also where you could use the schedule assistant to find the proper resources. So after that, after I added that view or that filtering of the resource requirements, I also uh, changed the booking cell template. Like what do I want when I book it, when I actually book it on a resource, what do I want the booking cell to say? What what information do I want? Like the default one is just the um, entity name and duration, I think. And, and in this case, I made changes. So you can also see the, the boat trip request type. Okay, so that's all on the schedule board. And so the visualization, when you look at it, what's information is displayed there then? Yes. So what I also did was I had this uh, boat rental type for my boat trip requests also, uh, where I wanted the um, I want to take location into consideration, which is also one of the filtering options you have. So what I did was I started by creating a flow that geocoded my custom entity, and when I did that, I can actually use the schedule board and see where my customer is at or where the resource request requirement is on a map view on the schedule board. And after that, I could watch like which one of my resources, which in this case was boats, which harbor ha was closest to the customer, which one has the least travel time for the customer. So that is also a really cool feature that you can see the schedule board on a map. Oh, man, that, that, that's really cool. I mean, those things, I mean, travel time, scheduling, the, the, the view, how you can configure it. I mean, that's a lot of things for this resource scheduling. So do you recommend people to start with this or is this sort of the second step or even the third step to this starting with universal resource scheduling? I don't think it's that complicated, even though uh, there are a lot of configurations that you can do. Uh, I think also, again, it depends on the customer requirements. If their their need to schedule is always based on what location is the closest to the customer, of course, you have to um, configure how to relate to travel time and such. Uh, but if you only want to like schedule a course and want to find the best 
teach you for that course. Um, yeah, it's simpler when you don't have to take travel time into consideration. Just use the characteristics or category on the resource. But do you always want to use the schedule board or do you have scenarios where you skip even that? No, I haven't. I always use the schedule board because that's the the real advantage, getting that overview on what is not scheduled yet, what what is scheduled, what are my resources doing, um, what is their availability. Everything is like based on the schedule board that's that's the biggest advantage of urs it's also like a drag and drop so you can drag a resource requirement and drop it on a resource so it's like super easy to use I, i love it all right so the real benefit of here is the ease of use so you shouldn't be afraid of trying to to start up this and at least have some schedule board to begin with because the benefits of having that and the visualization and the feedback from that you get that return on that investment pretty easy then yeah you can start with the one the standard one which shows all enabled entities and schedule from that uh but it's quite when when you know how to do it it's quite easy to to configure it um, at least what I've learned so far, but but like I said, I still have a lot to learn about all configurations that are possible. Um, so, so I would do that investment and do um, a customized schedule board anyways, but you can't go with the out-of-the-box one too. Yeah. Don't we all have a lot to learn when it comes to Dynamics 365? Yes, we do. Uh, so when... When I've been traveling around and meeting all of these amazing Dynamics professionals, um, sometimes I get super scared about, whoa, these people know so much more than me about this subject. And then I'm like, but maybe I know more about something else. So <laughs> after a while, I got chilled out. But um, yeah, there's it's such a big platform now and there is so much to learn. I don't think I will ever uh, be where I want to be because I do want to know like everything and that will be impossible. If I want to buy universal reason, I would just stop that. So if I want to buy URS, how much does it cost me? Well, this is a bit of a tricky part because uh, for now, uh, it only comes with the license if you have field service, practice service or uh, from the October release uh, customer service. I have heard some rumors, though, that they might release URS on its own, like another licensing model just for URS. Uh, and I really hope they will, because I'm so passionate passionate about URS, like standalone. Uh, but I don't know when or how it's going to look. This is just rumors for now. Um, or maybe it's just my hope. I don't know. But yeah, that's what I know so far. So if I want to do this boat trip scenario that you have then, what's your recommendation for me today? Uh, how to use it? Yeah, how to buy it, how to get it. Oh, how to buy it. I would say uh, since the October release and it comes with customer service, I think the opportunities to use it is uh, are a lot bigger because a lot of customers have 
case management in some way already. And if they ha- have case management and want to schedule their appointments, now they can. Or if they want to schedule like a custom entity about events, now they can. Um, but if if you don't have customer service, uh, I would I would just sit tight and wait for for <laughs> the see if the rumors I've heard is true. Okay, so. Th- if I want to buy it today, then can I buy just one license of the other ones like P- PSA or do I have to get it one for each user that's going to be using the schedule board or is it one for each resource where I want to s- uh, schedule this on or how's that looking? Oh, I'm really not a licensing um pro so that that's difficult questions to answer but but what i can say is that uh, resources just do not need um they do not need a license you can create contact resources if you want persons uh if you do create user resources because they need to look at their bookings or something of course you need some kind of team license or something yeah but But, that's not connected to their scheduling then no no, it's not. All right. So you talked about the news here for customer service and URS. And what's that then? So when in the October release, they also released a lot of new functionality. One is that you can uh, schedule uh, service activities within customer service. Uh, I have not looked in too much to that since I like the standalone part where you can configure it. But other things that they released in the October release that I found super interesting is, for example, they have a resource type called Cruise now. Uh, so Crew is like a container for several resources, uh, and those resources can be of different types themselves. So you can have a crew that are three contact resources and one equipment resource. Uh, so there, and the equipment resource could be a car. Uh, so if you put them in a crew, you can just make one booking towards the whole crew, and and you make sure that these three people will go on the in the car to different locations and do the work that is needed there. Your boat example is getting better by the minute. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the, the crew and the boat. It, it's just. I mean. <laughs> It's perfect. It's a perfect match, <laughs> but please continue. Yeah. Um, another very interesting type, resource type that was launched is uh, the pool resource type. So this is all, this is more like a placeholder for resources that have the same, same type of skill set. So say you have a pool for um, electricians, for example, and you have... Uh, work orders that are so far in the future that there is no point in booking a specific resource to that assignment. You still might want to uh, book it though to like commit to the client that this is going to be done. Then you can use a pool for that. So what a pool does is that you can at a later point choose which of the resource sets in that pool that should do the actual work. And this is also 
could use for like another scenario where you can have you might have local manager at different location that actually plan the specific resource and you have a central organization who does all the booking. So the really cool part about pools is that they take the resource capacity into consideration. So the pool actually sums up how many available resources you have in that pool at that time. So you cannot overbook. And, and that's really important, even if it's far in the future, because you don't want to book too many boat trips on the same day or too many passengers, <laughs> because then it's going to be full and people will be on the waiting line and not very happy that you confirmed. Yeah, you're on it, but there was no room for them. Exactly. That will not create happy customers. So, so that's a very good, good part of the pool resource type. Another cool thing that was released is capacity scheduling. And this means that, for example, if you have a facility resource that is a venue, you can add the capacity of that venue. So say the venue contains five small rooms that are available for bookings. Uh, then you can create a booking where you can, you can just add how many uh, of those small rooms do you need for that booking and the rest will be available for other bookings. So this can go for, of course, venues as my example. This can also go for if you have someone like people who are more efficient than others, you can use the capacity. So this is also very flexible thing that came in the October release. So that means that you can combine those resources to that sort of booking then. So they needed 10 and the room could take five people. So those two rooms can be together fulfilling that request then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any more news that you want to share with us? Okay, I got, there, there are so many that I don't have time to talk about, but I have one last one that I do want to mention, and that's a thing called fulfillment preferences. So this means you can actually add like scheduling slots uh, for resources uh, or resource requirements. So say that you have like a beauty parlor or a massage parlor or something, and you offer different treatments, they can take between 35 and 55 minutes, but you want to make sure that they always book on the hour. Like you, you always need that break in between. You do not want them to book straight after the other. Then you can create intervals for your time slots. Uh, with one hour interval and make sure that your resource requirement have this fulfillment preference and therefore they will only be able to book like once an hour. That's also super cool for, for slots. That can be helpful as well. So you have at least some time in between. So when someone is a little bit late, you can catch up that in the end. So you have these breaks also for your employees and all of that. So that's good to have. Yeah, and it's another way like optimizing your your resources, just making sure that uh, someone can't book like a quarter past 10 to a quarter, a quarter to 11, because that would be inefficient. You want them to book like straight on 10 to 1030 and then continue. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like time slots. 
So where should I not use URS? Have you seen scenario where this is not appropriate to be used? Well, I would say that this is still quite a, um, a big module. So if you have quite simple scheduling needs, uh, this might be too big for you. And also another scenario which I've talked about is when you are more after like you have a schedule and you want to fill it with resources like you have a hospital and you need 10 nurses there at all times okay so then you don't have anything that is supposed to filter on skills or location or or roles or anything uh, then URS would not be best suited because URS is more about finding the best resource at the first available time, not filling a schedule that is already set. But if you had a scenario where the employees would have to wish their own schedule and they had to make sure that it's full at all times, but they sort of can, can wish and talk to each other and say, okay, you take that day, then I take the next day, then perhaps you can use URS in that scenario then. I would not use it for maybe that because it's, it's not for resources to handle their own bookings either. It's more for a central organization to optimize a schedule with resources since resources are not always persons either uh, that they can be other types of resources true where do i go if i want to know more about urs so i've sent you the link to microsoft official documentation uh, that is on docs.microsoft.com and i think you will add it to the podcast post Um, yeah to the show notes yes of course yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so that is quite good. Besides that, there are not too many blogs yet that have picked up the ball on how to configure URS, but more and more are coming. Uh, so just a quick Google might do the trick. And if you are not finding what you are looking for, you are so very welcome to contact me and we can discuss it because I'm so eager to dig deeper into this product and I welcome any kind of challenges that I can sink my teeth into and research. So do you have any public speaking or any CRM Saturday scheduled where you will be doing this talk again, perhaps? Well, I am going to speak at 365 Saturday in Scotland on the 26th of January. Uh, But that presentation is not about URS, unfortunately. It's about no-code hacks. Uh, But if you do decide to go and want to speak to me about URS, I will be delighted anyways. Uh, But that is what, like, my speaker engagement uh, that I have planned. After that, I have nothing confirmed yet, so we'll see. But I do have a list of my upcoming events on my webpage. So if you are interested, um, you can just go there and take a look on if I have any more scheduled. All right. So that's saralagerqvist.com. That, that's a longer quest with a Q, but you can find the links on the show notes. And that's where you have your Twitter handle and your LinkedIn as well. 
Yes, exactly. Do you want to tell it? Uh, so it's, my Twitter handle is Sarah, and my last name is spelled so annoyingly. It's L-A-G-E-R-Q-U-I-S-T. Uh, and you will also find me on LinkedIn with the same name. And my webpage is, as Marcus said, sarahloggerquist.com. All right. Thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks, Sarah Lagerquist. And thanks to you listening. And don't forget that you can subscribe and comment. Just search for CRM Rocks wherever you want to find it. You'll find it right there. See you next time on CRM Rocks.